listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, The Running Public. Is Lily always this calm? No. Okay. She is, um, when she's like, I can't even say when she's happy and fed she's this calm because that's not true either. But she's this calm a lot, just not always. We have lots of, I don't know if they're tantrums yet at this age, but whatever the word for tantrum for a baby is. If it feels like a tantrum, it's a tantrum. Okay. Well, just screaming for no reason, swinging her arms around. Throwing things. If she could only tell you what she wants and needs, right? Just tell me. Tell me what you want. Eventually. eventually. How old is she? I'm hoping. Seven months. She's seven months old and wants to eat everything. Mm -hmm. You can tell. Look at those cheeks. That this baby does not skimp on meals. (laughs) No, she does not. Uh, Her thighs are thick as anything. (laughs) We had enormously fat babies, so I appreciate this. Yeah, she's got big cheeks, big thighs, big hands. Like, her hands are squishy. Really? Not, like, long fingers, just, like... She have that invisible bracelet on her wrist, choking off it where the hand roll oh. makes the wrist roll, and it looks like she's got a tight <laughs> bracelet on. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how you know, right there. It's a well-fed baby. It looks like she enjoys uh, nutrition bars as well. The wrapper, she prefers yeah. the wrappers of that nutrition bar versus the inside. Just insides, the wrapper. Yeah, I won't quite give her what's inside of it just yet, but she can gnaw on the wrapper with it. (laughs) Slightly teething. Um, Lauren, do you know that, so we've never met in person. I've never had the chance to meet you, so it's nice to meet you. Bracken, have you met Lauren before in person? Briefly a few times. Yeah. We've never had like a good sit down. I think like the longest that we were face to face was like an Orlando race where we were both like cooling down on a bike. On a bike, yeah. And it was really loud. <laughs> so <laughs> it was at a high rocks event. So I could only like guess maybe what everybody was saying. So no, we don't really know each other. You go way back. Your husband, right when you sort of, I don't know if you call it popped on the scene or however you want to term it, your husband actually messaged me personally and said, <sighs> you need to talk to my wife, Lauren Weeks. Of course he did. It wasn't a desperate message. It was actually like, it didn't seem like he was trying to like solicit you. It seemed like he's like, no, really, like she's a beast and you want to talk to her. And we were just getting started or whatever. And we had a list of people we were going to get to. And I just kept pushing it down and pushing it down before I even knew that you were the monster that you are. And I feel bad to your husband and to you because he reached out about you. And I should have said yes right away. And I didn't. So this feels overdue for me. I'm not offended at all. <laughs> I didn't even know he did that. And um, he did. I don't know. I guess the longer you wait, the more life happens and there's more to talk about. I mean, I'm sure whenever this was, there was not a Lily. And now there is. No. No, of all the people we could have interviewed in the sport like a year ago to now, you've had one of the bigger changes in your life. So I think it's good that we. It's definitely the biggest one I've ever had. Yeah. yeah. By far biggest change so how are you recovering after this weekend we're gonna we're gonna get into some things but how, how are you recovering after this weekend uh pretty good so i like 
Like, I'll get moderately sore now after Hyrox's, but not crazy sore, just depending on what I'm doing leading up to it. So, like, my volume has been a lot better as of recently. Um, so, I, I mean, my quads were fatigued, but besides that, I was pretty good to go. Last year, um, North American Championships, I couldn't walk for, like, a week. That warms my so heart. It's a, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a big difference from like last year to this year, just because going into the race last year, I was not, I was not prepared. Um, I had, had recently had COVID. I hadn't touched a weight for like a month and then went and did a high rocks and I was crippled, <laughs> crippled for like seven <laughs> days. Yeah. Yesterday I stopped using the, the railing to go down the stairs and that was a big win. It is a big win. The down is way harder than the up. Yeah. And I did half a high rocks. So what? no, you did the whole high rocks. You just did like half the stations and not even that <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I don't, Breck and I were talking before we hopped down and we don't really know a whole lot about like your, your upbringing, your background. We like know you're a monster now and we, we don't really know how you got here. So what I was hoping to do and Bracken was hoping to do would be um, like get to know you a little bit. And then we want to talk like the details of recently, like coming back from having baby to being the European champ, kind of the nuances in the last three weeks. But um, I figure we should start from the beginning if that's cool with you, because yeah. I'd like to get to know you that way. Well, how far, how far into the beginning are you wanting to go? Start of sport. Start of sport. Whenever you first found sport, yeah. Um, I think it's less found sport and more put into sport because I was like four or five yeah. years old, probably. Um, my parents put me into soccer and dance were like my two, my two first sports, um, and I played soccer like on a team all the way up through high school, and then I've done some adult leagues after. Um, I haven't done any in quite a few years. I'm hoping to get back to it. Um, I know there's a little bit of risk of like ACL tears from it, but it's still, still a big love of my life. So hoping to get back. Um, I danced for, I don't know, like five to seven years. And then, uh, what kind of dance? Ballet, tap, jazz, all the, all the things that the dads hate to go to for recitals. And, <laughs> um, my dad still talks about it to this day. He's like, please don't put Lily in dance. I don't want to go to any more recitals. So, um, but I did it for a they long time. They put you in it, right? They put me in it. Well, I'm sure, my, okay. I'm sure my mom put me in it, but he had to go to the recitals. They're hours long. You only get to see your kid dance like one or two dances and you're not supposed mm -hmm. to leave. So I get that. It's probably not the most excited thing. <laughs> Isn't there like a dance or like a gymnast gymnastics crook? Like you can like pick one or the other path when they're really young, you know, to appease your father would gymnastics maybe fit the bill for him. It's all about him, obviously. It is. Um, he probably would have liked that better. Uh, I'm hoping to get her into gymnastics. I think it'll be, it'll be fun. She'll be doing things that I can't do. I'm sure within a couple months, and that's that's okay. I'll live through her. Well, those meets are two or three times as long. So tell your dad to buckle up. <laughs> right. I'll get him snacks, <laughs> snacks, coffee, whatever he needs. We have phones now, though, so like. He can entertain himself on that. I'm sure that wasn't something that he could have done when I was a kid. Were your parents athletes? Uh, no, no. Um, my dad like runs and he bodybuilds, uh, and the bodybuilding's more of probably like more of my adult years. 
but no, not. I love that you just alienated like 90% <laughs> of the audience by saying <laughs> lifters and runners, not athletes. <laughs> well, so he's not at, like, he doesn't do it to be an athlete. He just like yeah. casually, he won't run a whole, like through the whole week. And then on the weekends he would go out for a run. So I, I don't even think he would call himself a runner. He just did something to get movement, which is why I, I don't use the term athlete. I wasn't being serious. <laughs> if you were, I'm, so, I'm sorry. If you had to say it, your talent came from one of your parents, what the majority of your talent comes from mom or dad. For me, it's my dad. Easy answer. How about you? Uh, Genetics-wise, I'd probably say my dad's side. Um, but I think his, sorry, dad, I think your brothers are a lot more athletic than you are. So if I were to say like which side, it would probably be my father's side. Definitely. What about you, Bracken? I'm dead 50-50 mix. Oh, I'm like 90-10. My mom's side, the guys are like 5'7 to 5'9 in distance runners. And my dad's side are... Six one to six three football basketball players. So I'm I'm like the exact fifty fifty mix and looks and everything of both sides. Your whole family, from what I've heard, is very athletic, isn't it? Yeah, most of them more so. More so than you. Yeah, oh. I'm probably the fourth most successful athlete in our family. Are there four of you? Uh, there's six people in the family. So you're beating two. Kind of just by staying after it longer. <laughs> Maybe one. Well, that works. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm bottom 50% no matter what it is. Bottom 50%. So you got your dad's genetics or your dad's brother's genetics. I'd say that, yeah, <laughs> that side. Skip the generation. Yeah. So what'd you do in high school then? Well, that's what I wanted to ask. You you alluded to soccer and you wanted to get back into soccer potentially as, as an adult human. Is that what the sport was? Yeah, I still want to play. And, and um, like... In terms of, I think, my athletic development, uh, I actually started swimming in elementary school competitively, and I think that has played like a really big part into what I'm able to do now, the combination of that and soccer, and I'm not sure how much dance really had to do with it, but it was there. Did you continue any of that into high school? Uh, yeah, so I swam, um, and I actually joined the varsity team as a middle schooler. Um, and at the time, I was able so to keep legit. playing soccer and swimming. Well, as I mean, I, as the story will tell, I was at a time and then I wasn't. But uh, so middle school, I was doing really well. And then once it came to high school, the sports are in the same season. And I, I was a better swimmer than I was a soccer player. Um, but I enjoyed soccer more. So I decided to drop swimming Um and I, I had like a long chat with my swimming coach and he kept telling me that I was never going to be as good of a soccer player as I was a swimmer and I needed to stay with swimming and I didn't really care because it's not what I enjoyed. So I dropped it anyway mm-hmm. and actually eventually came back to it in college and uh, joined there, like just kind of walked on to the team in college and picked up swimming again there. Where was that? Uh, Oneana. It's a state school in New York. Mm hmm. We know Oniana. You do? We do. Yeah. <laughs> we do, I guess. Uh, so it's it's probably like an hour from Albany, um, half hour from Cooperstown, Baseball Hall of Fame. It's pretty small, yeah. small state school up in New York. 
Speaking of state schools, did you guys, not to interrupt, I'm sorry, we have a delay here, Lauren, so it's just our oh, server. Okay. We might need to get a new one back. And so if we interrupt each other, that's why. But did you guys see, I don't know how much you keep tabs on things, but did you just see in the, uh, a D- Division three athlete from MIT just ran 355 in the mile? Did you guys see that? Yeah. No. Division three representing, so there's no shame in Division three. And the WEAC conference, which is the conference Bracken and I ran in in college, the 5K went like 1340 for first and second place in a Division III 5K. Insanity. Anyways, it just reminds so me, like, D3 can be legit. So fast. It makes it feel like pedestrian. What meet was this at? Well, there was a big invite D1 last weekend, was it, Bracken? And mm-hmm. 52 men broke four in the mile at this meet. It's the a world record. And one of them was a D3 guy. And then uh, we at conference meets, our, our local Division three midwest conference that we ran at and guys are just running so fast and it's just kind of mind-blowing i don't know if that's happening on the swimming scene or not are you seeing things like that i don't know if you keep tabs on it but running it's mind-blowing i'm not keeping tabs on it to be honest um Mm. i didn't i didn't pick swimming back up necessarily for the the competition part of it i just loved the the work that you had to put into it i wanted to be a part of the practices so i just went to the coach and asked if i could be on the team and uh, she gave me a shot and let me do it and I went from being like a really good middle schooler swimmer to not a good college like I was slower <laughs> as a college swimmer than I was when I was in middle school so it was very humbling but I wanted to I wanted to be at those practices so I stuck with it when did you stop swimming eighth grade what year of college? First year of college, you picked it back up? Yep, right away. So you took four years off swimming? Took four years off, and apparently in those four years, I got slow enough to not be able to beat my middle school self. That would make sense. Yeah, but no, I never surpassed it. Like, so I, I like... Oh, ever? No. I, like, I stuck out the four years in college because, like, I loved the training. Um, but no, I, hmm. I never got back to being as fast as I was as a middle schooler. What did you swim? I swam backstroke, which is probably not the event I should have been doing. Um, based off of what I've learned about myself now, I should have done some more of the, I think, the distance events. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, backstroke was my, my event. So you just loved body of work from an early age? Yes. I was uh, soccer, too. Like, and my travel coaches always just put me in center mid, not necessarily because I was like a great center mid player, but because they couldn't keep me from running all over the field. So <laughs> they just stuck me in the position that was allowed to do that. That was me as well. That's what I played for the same reason. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. End line to end line. Yeah. Aren't the swimming practices what people dislike about swimming? The early mornings? Like you liked the thing that most people dislike about the thing, right? I would, I would say that, yeah, the early mornings, like, I just, I don't know, I loved being a part of the practices. I loved being a part of the team. I liked the discipline that it took. Um, I, don't, I don't even, like, even not being fast at it, like, I, I just still wanted to do it. I didn't love the meets, but I went to it because you had to. You still traveled? hmm Still traveled. Is Lauren Weeks big-time winner that we know? Is this, like, a new thing for you? This day and age, I mean, maybe in middle school, clearly you were a, a savant, we will call it, but um, this, is this new? Like you as this like figure up front or has that you, have you experienced that in other places? 
previous to this. No, like, like I've been moderately decent at, like, the sports that I've done. Like, I've never exceeded, like, like high goals. And uh, I wouldn't ever say, like, I would be close to the top of the sport for, for any of the things that I was doing. Um, I mean, once I found CrossFit, like, I started to do pretty well in that. But even, even there, like, I never made it to the highest level. I, I would always get to, like that level right before and I could never crack into like the big stage how long did that take you graduate college you're swimming did you keep training and swimming or did you get into tries right away or did you just find the weight room um so I started lifeguarding um and then I eventually came into ocean lifeguarding I promise there's a point to this <laughs> where was this uh I started in New York and then I continued that in South Carolina as well and uh, in New York, uh, I was, like, on a beach where, like, it was all guys. They were, like, I was the only female guard. And they were doing this thing that I had never heard of called CrossFit on their downs. And uh, it looked really interesting and really cool to me. And I was always just too afraid to join or ask to be a part of it. So I just, like, watched and kind of asked questions and kept tabs. And um, then once I moved out of New York, I found a CrossFit gym and, and started because I was very, very interested in it. Um, but lifeguarding has its own competitions in itself. So mm-hmm. I think that was my return to competition. So I started, um, competing in, in that it's a sport in its own actually. So in that sport. Yeah. We've seen Baywatch. <laughs> I haven't seen Baywatch, but I have a feeling it's not the same. <laughs> It has to be. They wouldn't lie. I don't know. They've got... So they they have swim events. They have, like, kayaking events, like surf ski things. Um, they have running events. They have this thing called beach flags, which is, like, football on the sand, really. Um, hmm. It's it's a sprint race, but people tackle each other. So you competed in this. Mm-hmm. Were you successful? Not really. I mean, I did okay. Um, I think, like... My best events were the run, swim, run. Um, and then I somehow would do, like, fairly well in these, like, surf, ski, kayak events. Um, okay. But it just took a lot of balance. I think it was just, like, because I had started crossfitting at the time, I just had a little bit more upper body strength than some of the other girls that were doing it. Matter of circumstance. Hi. Hi. <laughs> she's very well behaved. She's Yeah, she's pretty good. I don't mean to jinx it, but no, she's pretty good. I probably just jinxed it. She really enjoys watching you talk. Yes, <laughs> um, she, she likes talking. She likes books. She's not talking herself quite yet. She's just making noises. I know a number of swimmers, good collegiate swimmers, Division One swimmers. A couple of them I ended up uh, personal training with back in the day. They were coworkers of mine, and the one thing that they could never convert their engine to was running. Like the swimmers couldn't convert their engine to impact. They could get on the bike and really hustle pretty well. They get in the pool and make me feel like a complete idiot. That was everybody on my team. Yeah. yeah so is, are you the exception, not the rule? Because the swimmers I know couldn't translate it to running. And they tried. And some of them were, I'm going to do a marathon after college. And they'd be an all-American Division One swimmer. And they go run a marathon in four hours. And not that that's bad, but for somebody with an all-American swim engine, that's real bad. So you're the exception there? Yeah, I I think it's just because I, I never was not running. Like, I, I'm I'm not a successful runner by any means. Like, I, I didn't perform well in track. I didn't, like, 
I'm not like a pedigree runner, but I have always been doing it in some form. Um, and even when I wasn't doing soccer, like I just started picking up, like I'd want to go out and jog a couple miles. Um, so I think it's just because I was doing it, not because I was any better than the other swimmers. It's just, I was, I was doing it on top of swimming because I enjoyed to, to do it. And I think like they didn't need to because their sole focus is swimming and, and mine wasn't. I was there for the practice. This is kind of tangential now, but most swimmers I know, their shoulders are wrecked at this point in their life. What's your shoulder status? They're fine, actually. Um, like, I, like, I've had a few things come up through CrossFit. Um, one of the major ones was I had gotten, and I couldn't figure it out for a while, I just started, like, losing a ton, a ton of muscle on one side of my back, um, up in my shoulder area. And it was, like, a very drastic difference. I have, <laughs> I have, uh, I have photos of it, but it, I eventually got it looked at, and I had a cyst that was pressing on a nerve and wasn't allowing the electrical impulses to travel to, um, to, travel to that muscle, so it just uh, atrophied. Um, and I've, oh. it's taken a long time to get it back. But it, they're still a little bit unequal, but that was probably my biggest shoulder injury and and i don't even think there's there's nothing really i could have done to to prevent that but yeah no i haven't had any issues with swimming um but again i wasn't competing or necessarily training at the level that like high level swimmers are i was just there and doing it no what surprises me about hearing that is that so I've watched you race a number of times recently, watch you at the Spartan Games, watch you in High Rocks and some of your deck of fits, and then recently. I just, I don't know you at all, right? But the way you race now. No, and I don't feel like I've painted a very good picture. No, 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 you, no, no but, <laughs> but you, the way you race now is like out for blood, rip throats off. And to hear you being like, not a participant in quotes in college swimming, but not close to the best it sounds like it's just i have a hard time envisioning because i envision you accepting that that's what i'm getting at like i have a hard time envisioning you accepting that not being one of the best in college considering your attitude seems like so cutthroat out on when you're racing right now i wasn't even close to the best i was probably the worst person on the team well, this is the the disconnect that was one of my interests in, in speaking with you today is that you seem to be like a for the love of the game type athlete. Like you're the only CrossFitter I know who just wants to be happy running 70 to 80 miles a week. Not wants to be, just wants to be running that. And that's like, if I could just run 70 to 80 every week, I'm a happy person. Like that, that doesn't track. And in the high rocks world, most people aren't doing that volume. And the people who are love of the game type trainers, I just want to be out training don't often manifest that into really aggressive front runners, like turn yourself inside out style racers. You know, you think of like Chris, for example, just loves being out in nature and also loves just running within herself in a race. And if she finds herself up at the front, she'll do what it takes to stay there. But her life does not revolve around getting to the front of a race. And so I'm curious about like this, this killer we see out there. It contrasts with this, I was happy just going to practice and training and not competing like with my life on the line in meets. Where, where, where does that get bridged? Uh, I think it depends on 
like where my potential is in something. Like I knew going into the swimming that I wasn't going to be a great, I wasn't going to be a great competitor in it. And so that's not why I was doing it. Um, but when I am doing something that I think I can do well in, like I'm going to be very competitive in it. Like I still can remember the name of like a boy when I was in fourth grade that beat me running four laps around a field. (laughs) So was his name? uh, Chris DeLuca. If you're, uh, if you're out there, (laughs) what's he doing these days? I have no idea, but I bet bet you I could beat him now. (laughs) I think so. At least in the high rocks, hopefully still around. (laughs) You know, I said that about one of my former teammates in college and he heard it on the podcast and he got real cranky with me. So it could be you. He found me at High Rocks this weekend, Lauren, and he said, I heard what Kirk said. You deliver a message for me. Did he really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd be willing to race if he did hear it. <laughs> I'd Good. be willing to do it. I like this. I think we need to have all these old grudge matches settled. Yeah. Yeah. The grudge that he didn't even know existed. Yeah. He probably, <laughs> like, he probably doesn't even remember my name, but I remember the name of the person that beat me in that four lap run no i bet he <laughs> brings it up at every party every family get together you see this current this world record holder over there this world champ yep smoked her fourth grade we don't even it's supposed to be like a mile course but they just like put cones around in like a grass field i have no idea how far mm-hmm. it was don't know how long it took i just know that he finished first <laughs> so you're lifeguarding competing a bit there having some success on the run swim run got into crossfit a bit and did CrossFit take over then and kind of channel all your desire for training? Because that's a sport. I mean, it is encouraged to train as much as you want to train. Did that kind of just fill your cup there? Yes. Um, like I, from the first day I went to one, like I absolutely loved it. I went all in. Um, I tried for like quite a few years to, to make it to that like last level, which would be the games. Um, I was just never, as much as I tried, I was never going to be strong enough to and it's all relative. Like I know, like as a as a female athlete, I am fairly strong. But like compared to a CrossFit Games female athlete, I can't compete with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I like would always make it through the open to like that next level, just because it was more capacity based. And then I would get my butt handed to me at the regionals, just because all of a sudden everything got heavy, everything was more technical. Sorry. Doesn't the open drop tonight? The it first does. workout? Are you jumping in? Uh probably. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Duh. Dumb question. <laughs> yeah. Pro- uh, I don't like I haven't decided if I'm gonna sign up yet because uh the last time I did I got peer pressured into doing a team and then we made it all the way to the like competition right before the games and like at that level, it gets stressful again, and I don't, I don't know if I really want to go through that. So I, I do want to do it, but if you sign up, you're now eligible to be on the team. So if I don't sign up, I can't get pre-pressured. <laughs> like that you're a world champ, <laughs> mother, sitting here nervous about peer pressure. Will I have to go compete and be really successful and then have to get nervous about it? That is, that is a great image for me to see. I love it. <laughs> Um, well, we've got like some really good people at, uh, I had taken a long time off of being at the gym. We actually just started our membership up again last week and there's some really good people there. So they would, 
they would carry me and they just they just need another female so mm-hmm. if i don't throw my name into the ring then i don't have to be that female you don't have to be the bracken crocker of the rich and bracken <laughs> uh show last weekend <laughs> that's right actually you guys did really well i'm making a career out of it last year kelly carried me this year rich carried me next year it's going to be someone else I'm just going to keep riding the tails of someone else. That's all I have to do. Stay moderately fit. Be ultra successful because of them. You guys won last year too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two years in a row. Oh, Callie won. I I anchored us home. So humble. He's being overly humble, annoyingly humble. No, that's fact. That's fact. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick curiosity. Uh, we didn't dwell on this uh, lifeguard co- competing, and I guess just because I want like more knowledge here, uh, that's a thing. Like you go to an event that's like a lifeguard competition, like you sign up, pay the money. There's podiums and awards and prizes, and you go compete, and it's like CrossFit meets lifeguarding. Am I understanding this correctly? And that's like a whole subculture that I didn't know existed till today. Yeah, it's um, they have regionals, um, they have nationals. Um, Kent actually has done it as well. He uh, worked at a beach that was like maybe two hours of north of, of where tracks. I was. So he, I think he guarded at Myrtle Beach and I was um, at Folly Beach in Charleston. Um, I don't know if our times overlapped or not, but uh, but yeah, no, he, he definitely has done it before because I had posted a picture about it one time and he's like, hey, I did that. And he told me where and... So he knows about the whole world. If you ask him about beach flags, I'm sure he would set it up for you guys. You'd have a great time. How many crimes did you solve as a lifeguard? Uh, do we count like jellyfish stings as a crime? Maybe. <laughs> Not that many. I have a very skewed perception of what lifeguards do on their job, I think. How do you solve that? How do you solve that? White vinegar. I thought it was urine. Just like you always hold on to a little bit when you're up there, just in case somebody gets stung. It's like <laughs> white vinegar. There were stingrays by us too, actually, um, and that one, like to like deactivate the enzymes for a stingray, say, it's a uh, heat. So you could just get like really hot water and pour it over, and all of a sudden the pain goes from like a ten to a four. Wow! Little knowledge bombs. <laughs> yeah. So did you did you have to get into it a lot? I mean, were you, were you out in the water a decent amount with rescues or were you dealing more with like heat stroke and things like that and cramps? Definitely more of the heat stroke. There, there were some rescues. Um, we, I mean, it was a job, yes, but it was also like a lot of play. We, we used mm-hmm. like uh, jet skis to rescue people and we would have training days where we could just kind of go out and play on jet skis and... Uh, the hard part was when you had to play victim though, because they would take you out and drop you in the middle of the ocean by yourself and then leave so that the next crew could come in and practice finding somebody when they don't (laughs) don't know where they are. So, uh, if you think about just, they, I mean, you have a life jacket, but if you think about just like sitting there and like, even if a fish just brushes up against your foot, like you have no idea what it is. So it's just mind games. That'd be terrifying. Mind games. Yeah. Something touching your foot in the ocean is like worst case scenario for most people. Yeah. And it, most likely it's harmless, but you don't know. 
Yeah, but your mind doesn't go to the, yeah. it's probably harmless place. No, it goes to, oh, crap. Is somebody coming uh, now? What's the longest you spent out there waiting? It's like a couple minutes, Max. It's not that long at all, but it, it feels like hours when you're just there by yourself and things are like brushing up against you. <laughs> Nobody ever got bit while I was there, so... That's like a kid's worst nightmare. They drag you around on like a tube or a kneeboard as a kid and you fall off and it's like the 30 seconds for the boat to circle around and come get you and you think every fish in the lake is going to somehow eat you in that amount of time. I remember that was terrifying as a kid. You just blow that up to adult scale. Did you, uh, um, in these competitions, what's the lifeguard component? Like what, what would be like the lifeguard component in these like direct, like for the people like me to understand like how did the skill of lifeguarding come into these competitions uh so they do there's like many different events and they do have like rescue events as well so you could have a partner um waiting out and you'd swim to them and you have to pull them back in and it's like a fastest person kind of thing um sometimes it would be like they swim out to where they need to be victim then you go so it's like a a dual thing and then bring them back in same thing like you have rescue boards like these paddle boards so you have to paddle out to your person as fast as you can and and bring them back in which can be challenging because obviously it's the ocean and there's waves so now you have two people on a rescue board and you have to not flip it uh and like time the wave perfectly to hopefully get like an advantage to get back in um, and then they'll have like a, a four person, uh, almost team group where you, you have a victim out there and then somebody swims out with a rope and then you have two polars on land. So it's a sled pull, I guess. Um, and then it's just pulling that in. Uh, but they, um, for the time I was there it was actually a rule that the girls were not allowed to be the polar. So the girl could be the victim. <clears throat> but only men were allowed nice. to be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't nice. know if they've changed that. Uh, but yeah, it was like stated in the rule book, only men were allowed to be the, the polars on land. I'll have to go back and check to see if they changed it. They made a whole thing because I asked if I could be a polar. They did like a whole let Lauren pull campaign. <laughs> like the hashtag was trending. <laughs> yeah. this Not is... that long ago. No, not that long ago. This is before I had Instagram, so I don't know if there's a hashtag, but yeah. Let Lauren pull. Let's look it up. Maybe there is. <laughs> uh, it, it, with the progression of sport as a whole, like stepping back a little bit, looking from afar, as far as the running goes, do, like we've talked specifically about lifeguarding and about swimming and all that. And you said you ran because you enjoyed it. So were you, have you always been running since whenever, like high school on? You've always like every week you've run for the last, I don't, how old are you, Lauren? 33. People have asked me a lot recently, so now I know, but it's hard. To... <laughs> you didn't know before. So, so it's always been a thing, like through all this conversation, you've been going out jogging like for your own pleasure, like consistently for over a decade or more now. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of tangents I could go on with that, but I mean, obviously like there's tons of, there's tons of running and soccer. Um, I picked up lacrosse in my senior year um, and and like I want to try to be good at things and I like didn't know like how to necessarily hold a lacrosse handle so I would used to go out before school every morning with my lacrosse ball and my lacrosse stick and I would practice cradling and I'd jog like a mile to a mile and a half to like the church parking lot and practice throwing against the wall and then I'd jog home every morning shower get ready for school 
Um, and then even, and then I just kind of just started running miles probably like three at a time. And then I would slowly increase over the years. I did do track in high school, but I was not any good. Um, like I just did it as like a social aspect and a filler in between the other sports I was doing. Um, I wasn't even good enough to like be on a relay team. Granted, we had some like really stellar runners at my school. Like a couple of them got full rides to D1 schools, but I like wasn't good enough to be on the like four by eight team. Uh, and then once I got to college, like I was still like my mileage started increasing, but same thing. Like I never went fast. Like I was even to this day. Like I like I'll go out on runs. Um, and they're slow. Like I'll, I'll look at what some of the other girls are doing for their like slow runs and the girls that I compete with. And mine are nowhere near that. Like when I go out and run, I'm running like nine, 10, 11, 12, sometimes plus minute miles, just out there cruising, enjoying life. Um, and then uh, it's only since the past like 10 weeks, maybe we started adding like some tempo work into my into my running so it's uh not my favorite part of the week but it's it's gotten very competitive so i've had to change something two questions about that first of all who's we you say we started my husband back in. uh he's Is he programming for you for everything yes um i'm probably not the easiest person to like coach so uh there's a lot of pushback <laughs> Um, and a lot of challenging. And if I'm doing something, I want to know why, and I'm going to ask why. And if I think it's, and if I think it's not right, or if it's not going to work, like I'm going to let them know. Um, so I know, like, there's stuff. I, I guess I don't know your husband's background. So what is his background as far as uh, qualified to coach Lauren Weeks, so to speak? Uh, so neither of us come from a running background. Um, we both yeah. like had uh, years of CrossFit. Uh, as CrossFit coaches and full, t like, um, I CrossFit coached for probably six or seven years. Um, he's also been a coach. His certifications are not in running. He has like a weightlift, Olympic weightlifting certification. He has a couple CrossFit certifications. I think there might be a gymnastics one. Um, but he's very numbers oriented. Like his, he's an engineer. His background's in numbers, does a lot of research. He's got a set of spreadsheets that might rival Jack's. <laughs> um and then i'm understanding <laughs> yeah Def like very opposite of me i always worry about um when you think about significant others coaching significant others you see it from time to time on high level and like i remember like coaching a girlfriend back in the day to do something and then they're not doing their shit and then you're like why don't you do your shit and then pretty soon you're sleeping on the couch like those sort of things do you, you guys don't run into that or do you with your with your little pushbacks no this is new um i like was very unwilling to let him do it for a long time um and then like after having lily like i just started like not even really doing workout workouts anymore i was just kind of just doing what I wanted to do and absolutely nothing else. So there would be like weeks on end where all I would do is just go out and do my jogs and nothing else. And it, like, if I want to keep racing, that's really not going to, so I, I need some sort of structure. 
um, if I'm not going to be getting to like some of these CrossFit classes. So th this is this is new, and there's um, there's definitely a lot of challenges because I like I I won't just follow something blindly, um, and 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 I don't have a running background, um, so I can't say that like I can argue necessarily about like run training, but like for other things, um, like I have. I have a decent amount of education in other parts of exercise uh, philosophy. So if I don't think something is going to work or if I don't think that it's correct, like I'll, uh, I will say something. You said I would just go out and do what I enjoy doing, what I want to do. So let's say no one else was around. You just spent all your time doing exactly what you wanted to do. What does that look like? Um, I would go out and run for probably a couple hours in the mountains and then if I had any energy, I'd come back and, I mean, ideally I like to be in a class setting and I, I want to be doing a CrossFit class, but like say there's nobody else around. I just meant no one to tell you what to do. Oh. So perfect world is mountain runs every day in CrossFit classes. Yeah. And in a class like, or with a group of people, it doesn't have to be a class. It's just with people who want to do it with me. That would be ideal. So your all your intensity would come from CrossFit. Correct. And it sounds like you just started adding some intensity in. So was Maastricht done with not a whole lot of quality run work prior? Yeah. So my, like, besides like whatever my track coaches told me to do and, and I probably just went around socializing anyway, like the only quality I've done started the week before the LA race. So I think I'm like, what is that like 10 weeks in now something like that less maybe 10 now today yeah that would have been what seven to maastricht yeah and it's it's very much a learning curve for me like i'm starting to really enjoy the not my favorite part but enjoy the tempo and then in between um euros and chicago uh we started doing some more like speed so faster than the tempo pace and i uh I don't think I responded super well to that, and I also hated every second of it. So I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go back to that. I like the tempo better. So I don't want to speak for Kirk, but I'm going to. <laughs> Typically, when we see aggressive racers, their training mirrors that. Like they are the people that are cranking intervals in training, and so that's what they're good at. Their best form is their interval form. They're used to grinding, running really hard, getting through nasty workouts, and then maybe they don't do as much volume and they fade or whatever. So where does your ability to get out very fast, and we just talked about this a little bit in our race, that some of these women have far superior running metrics in a vacuum. But in a race, you can get out fast and take them to a place where they can't sustain and you can. So if you're not doing these nasty intervals and tempo work is relatively new, where does this run capacity really, where's this coming from? I mean, my best guess is like you have to hit certain speeds when you're playing soccer. Like I had maybe some little sprints in there, but I mean, that's not, I don't know if that's that would not be tempo work either, but there it's, you have to get up to speed. And like, it, for me, like it was live or die by the team. So like I would give everything I had to make sure somebody on, on another team isn't going to score or like whatever, I don't know, just whatever I needed to do, but that's, and then CrossFit really, like I get intensity from 
from doing those workouts, especially when I'm in a class. I don't, not as much when I'm by myself. Uh, but yeah, I honestly don't know. I just know that like when I get to, cause racing's pretty new. I mean, it's been like four or five years of a couple things that I've jumped into, but I, I know from the very first one I did, like I was just itching to like go out as hard as I could, but maybe that's because I don't have a background in running. Yeah. And that can be a benefit sometimes. But how much, okay, so of your CrossFit work, how many of these are CrossFit endurance wads where you have run intervals in it? Um, I'm trying to add more of them. It's really not that many, to be honest. So historically, that's not where this no. runability is coming from either? No. Um, when, like, when I first started CrossFit and I, and you can, like, you have to wait till 8 p.m. To, for them to announce the workout for the next day. I'd get very excited when I saw there was running in it because most crossfitters don't like to run and I loved it. So those were my favorite workouts. There was one, I think it's called Griff and everybody, I think a lot of people just didn't show up to it cause they didn't want to do it. And it's, I don't know if it's like two or three rounds, you run an 800 forwards and a 400 backwards, 800 forwards, 400 backwards, just best you can. And it was like one of my favorite workouts. I guess I'm understanding because <clears throat> Bracken's trying to figure it out, right? Like he's like trying to pry it be like, how do I make sense of this woman over here who's doing all these things? things and he still can't figure it out right <laughs> exactly and neither can i can i necessarily but what i can figure out and what i'm gathering is have you ever let off the gas like have you been putting bank deposits in the fitness bank consistently without any big break other than giving birth recently and i don't even know how big that break was but um you've always been doing something like i don't sense any gap in any sort of activity like you've been working out more days out of the week than you haven't for as long as you can remember Correct. Am I reading that right? Yes. So like in terms of like if you were to call base training, I feel like I've been, I don't even, I couldn't even count how many years. Like even just pure run based training has probably been 14 plus years, not including like whatever other sports I was doing before that. Yeah, I haven't had any, I've been fortunate, no major injuries. Like I haven't had to take like long times off. I've just consistently been able to move for like the majority of my life yeah we did a coaches series i don't know what was it a year and a half ago Bracken, and, and we kept we asked all these coaches the same question and it, at the end and it was if you had to be capped at 30 miles a week but you could run all the speed work you'd want or you can run 70 miles a week but it's all slow mileage what do you pick and was it every coach but one's like mileage like just go run like base yep. foundation Everyone. aerobic work like that will translate best in every coach and we agreed with that i think for the most part and there's exceptions but nonetheless like yeah okay we could probably make sense of this if we if we wanted to right like you the most important thing laying the foundation that you've been doing forever and so i can just imagine adding in crossfit type intensity to leisurely running equals sort of a nice little combination of both that suddenly you realize you have a talent when you combine it all and so, like, I can make sense of that. Can you make sense of that, Bracken? That makes sense to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So anything else about your background that, like, would be interesting or something we wouldn't imagine, like Lauren Weeks' upbringing? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know where you live right now, I guess, for example. And you grew up out east, but where are you now? I'm in Salt Lake City now. You're in Salt Lake. Um, I, I don't know if, if I... you're saying at Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, who was I talking to on the Instagram that was responding about, was it Jared? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Okay. Jared's out of Pocatillo, Pocatillo. Idaho. Okay. So he flies into Salt Lake. I was like, who's coming back to Salt Lake? They're wearing high rock stuff. 
Just side tangent on that, I saw somebody at the airport. Oh, on your Instagram post. Yeah. Yes. I saw somebody at the airport wearing like Hyrax stuff and they had a running public vest on. Um, and like my initial thought was, okay, well, if this plane goes into anarchy, like I know who my battle buddy is. Yeah. Plus, he's a doctor, so any injuries that are sustained, he'll take care of that. I didn't know that. Extra benefit. Yeah, he's, a, <laughs> I think, like a wound trauma specialist. So I'm, I'm, Jared, I know I butchered that, but some sort of wound care is what he does. It was just, like, when I see somebody wearing something that's obviously, like, not worldwide, like, Hyrex is not, like, huge, like, there's an instant connection. I'm like, all right, you're, we have something similar. Same plane. He would have recognized you whether you were wearing the gear or not. I guarantee Sorry, it. I don't know where you were going. Um, no, I was just like some of the things like, uh, now I know where you live. Um, are you staying at home with Lily right now? Are you working? Um, if so, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I don't know any of the, those sort of things. Yes. Yeah, so when I, uh, when we moved to Salt Lake, uh, I had started nursing school. Um, and I actually just graduated in August, like six weeks after I gave birth. So that was like really... A really challenging uh, time during that period. So I, I did graduate, but when you graduate, you have to take boards uh, before. I mean, technically, I think you're allowed to practice for a certain amount of period of time. But you have to take boards in order to work. Um, and I still have not taken those. I like graduated and then it's been chaos ever since. Uh, so no, I'm here. I'm here with Lily now. Um, and then just kind of I have to, I'm going to have to take them, but then I also have to leave her. And that's really sad and really hard. Has that changed your plans now professionally? Like Lisa and I planned on, her family had a daycare growing up. So we just knew that was what we were going to do. And then we had our first and she stopped working six months later, nine months later. She just realized in that moment, no, no longer is that our plan. So has that changed a bit of what you want to do with nursing? Or are you still thinking, yeah, when the time comes, I'll go back. Um, I just, I think I just want to work it around my husband's schedule because I mean, I did, I put a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money into it. Like I, I do like, like I wanted to do it and I still want to do it, but I think I want to work the hours where I'm hoping she doesn't have to be with, uh, strangers just yet. Like, as I said, we just got our gym membership back and we got the daycare part of it and I have not taken her to it yet <laughs> so big step <laughs> leaving her with somebody that's not family yeah i get that what what kind of nursing is there a specialty that you were a track you were going down did you know or do you know uh it's like different than like like doctors have to declare that um with being an rn you don't have to declare that you can change it whenever you want um, you probably have to get trained depending on what the specialty is. Um, but, uh, I've had a lot of interests. Like I was obviously like recently having a baby, like I was interested in the mommy baby area, but I've also been interested in the, the psych aspect. Um, and I think that's where I want to start and then kind of go from there. That's a, that's a piece I wanted to talk to you about the psych aspect. <laughs> Lauren Weeks. Uh, it's interesting that you bring that up. Brecken, do you want to get do anything or know anything more about sort of background, or can we dive into like having a baby, coming back, running High Rocks Worlds with baby, and where we're at today? Like, do you have anything else you want to wedge in there? 
No, I think I'd like if she would kind of like preface all that with what was your stereotypical and then best training prior to pregnancy. Mm. So what got you your world record? What got you your first world title? And then I want to hear from there on what's happened. Uh, So leading up to it, like I was still, I was not doing any speed work for running at all. Like it was when I went out to run, it was just long, slow, casual miles. Um, But I would do that every day maybe how long sorry like how long were you going um like how long was i running for yeah, like, like when you went miles? out how far would you go sure it so when i first started with doing high rocks it was a lower and and i've like slowly increased that um to the point where i would be running like eight to 12 miles a day just out there cruising <laughs> cruising at a low level mm. What were you doing on the downhills? On the downhills? Yeah. Do you rip there or are you still just dawdling there as well? No, 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 no. I'm really bad at downhills. Okay. <laughs> I am super cautious. Um, I love the uphill. I'm still trying to figure out where you're getting this foot speed from, <laughs> where this is coming. <laughs> I thought maybe it was coming from, yeah, I run 80 miles a week, but I'm getting 11 to 12 of fast downhills a week. No, no. I'm very cautious on the downhill. Um, I'd often... For the couple Spartan races that I jumped in, like I'd lose ground on the downhills all the time. It was the uphills that I could like try and make a move. Um, sorry, I can't help you there. I don't know where I get the foot speed, to be honest. I, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Some things aren't explainable. Yeah. I'm a believer that what you develop for skills while you're developing, let's say soccer, let's say fast yeah. twitch, let's say explosiveness, firm believer that. Like, for example, one of the... It carried through. Well, it, it's if it's foundational in your DNA because you built it while you were developing as, like, a young woman, then yeah, I believe so. So, like, can we just do say that, Bracken? And I did join adult leagues as well. Yeah. But I still think what yeah. you developed during adolescence carries over. Like, you're naturally going to probably lean to those skill sets even as you age and even if you're not doing those anymore. I think so, anyways. But... But no, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So you're running eight to twelve a day, and how often were you hitting the gym? Probably five days a week. It might even be six. Uh, not seven though. Um, and then and what do those look like? I'd have. Well, I would usually try and meet with people because I again I like to work out in a group. But um, it would be like a strength, um, some sort of skill set, and a workout. Um, and then it's definitely morphed over time. Like I started doing, like once I started with High Rocks and this was like, I joined, I went to that first Miami race. Like I slowly started pulling away from like the traditional CrossFit stuff and I stopped doing like as much Olympic lifting. I didn't focus on doing an hour worth of snatch practice or like just all these little small drills that you would need to do in order to be like a competitive Olympic lifter um, and just kind of transfer that over to more body of work stuff. So maybe there'd be more rowing or um, even just more dumbbell work because that helps with grip. And I still was interested in the OCR aspect of it. Um, so it's, it's changed a lot, I'd say over the past four or five years. Uh, but it like, I've been high volume, I guess, in both running and like gym work, but nothing crazy intense like i stopped trying to go as heavy as as i had previously been trying to go 
What would you guess your average hours per week of training were leading up to pregnancy the year or two prior? Uh, definitely over 20. Okay. So that's the other, that's the piece right there <laughs> yeah. as well, right? Uh-huh. Like you can afford to run fast at the start of a race if you've got 20 hours a week yeah. under you. It was, okay. It was. That's a lot. It was definitely high volume for sure. And I loved it. And to clarify, you're, you're, you're saying maybe go run eight or 12 miles a day at a nice leisurely pace. But when you're doing your strength work six, five or six days a week, you're doing a focus set. And this is in the CrossFit sense, meaning you're lifting and then you're also doing like a metabolic wad. So you're getting intensity with these strength yeah. sessions. I think a lot of listeners might think you're going in and bench pressing and doing some pull-ups and squats and then leaving, which yes, you're doing all of those things at times, but you're doing a high intensity wad multiple times per week. So you're kind of working both ends of the energy systems. And if I had the opportunity to be like doing that workout with other people, I'm pushing that much harder. It helps. Like having a group helps. Hoping to get back into that. We just got our gym membership back. (laughs) This isn't good news for a lot of these women. I've been saying that in some of these episodes lately. Just started doing some intensity and running. Haven't been in the gym just getting it back it's not going to encourage a lot of your competitors i don't know how much it's going to change in terms of my performance but in terms of like enjoyment like that's going to change at least yeah well if you're into psych the way you seem to be you know (laughs) that that's going to impact your performance as much Mm -hmm. as anything i can only hope cross my fingers okay so you're a 20 plus hour what's 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 a big week are you touching towards 28 30 are you low 20s uh, are we still talking about like pre-pregnancy or? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pre. Um, yeah. If I did like, I could easily go up towards the high twenties if I were having a big week. When I, yeah. Um, okay. And I like, I wouldn't cap myself on hours by any means, but again, like if you're running as slow as, as I'm running for these longer runs, like that takes a long time. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. that's true. Um, mm-hmm. Like a big chunk of that time is very, very low intensity stuff. Um, what are you doing when you're doing your slow, easy runs? What are you, are you listening to? Are you looking around watching birds? Like I, uh, cause low intensity stuff, man, does that suck the life out of me? If that's all I do, like I cannot tolerate easy days too many in a row before I need to like feel some pain, right? Like I need to rip to stimulate my, my, me mentally. How do you do it? Or how did you do it? No, I, I love it. Like I, I like apps, like that's all I want to do. Like if I didn't have to touch like fast stuff, I wouldn't. Um, but I'm learning. I'm gonna, I I do have to. Um, so I, I listen depends if I'm out in the mountains, I don't really need to listen to anything because there's just like, you don't have to. Um, but if I'm, if I'm running on the roads, I'll listen to podcasts. Um, I really, I really like listening to interviews because I like to hear about like people I've met, um, just kind of like learning about their backstory. So those are my favorite things to listen to. Um, I know that might not be the same. Some people might want more of the educational part, but I like to hear about the people. So those are my favorite, favorite things. Sometimes I'll even just like search like, okay, I met this person. Have they talked to somebody? I'll like search their name. Who's who would you recommend out of that? Who has some good stories that people should listen to? You guys do. You guys have gotten like a lot of a lot of good stories. I think Rich does a really good job um, in terms of interviewing. Um, I'm sorry, Matt. You cut people off a lot, so not. A- <laughs> 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 um, 
I will say his documentary was really, really good though. So I'm, I'm hoping he does more things, more things like that. Um, and then I can't even like, I don't even know the name of like some of these other ones that I've, I've listened to because I I will actually go out and like look for people's names just so Mm -hmm. I can listen to people talk. I like to, I like to hear stories. Like I like to hear what people have gone through and like where they've gotten to where they are. Um, it's, I mean, everybody has something different going on and I'm sure everybody has things that are like challenging and, and difficult and it's just, it keeps everything in perspective. Like I like to, I just like to hear what, what they've overcome to get to where they are. Cause everybody has a story. Everybody's overcome something. Yeah. Everyone's going through something. Yeah. I, I want to know piggybacking on Brack and then he's asking you in your lead up, we're just talking like pre-baby. Well, why don't we, before we get there, um, you won the High Rocks World Championships, what seemed to be out of the blue. So was it as much of a surprise to you as it was to others, or did you know this thing was brewing? So Lauren was the High Rocks World Champion in, what, 2020, was it? 21. Or was that actually the 22? 21. 21. I, I don't know. Anyways. COVID time's <laughs> weird. It, it is. It's a, yes, black hole for time. But, okay, so you, all this lead up, and then you go out and you just, what I think, not come out of nowhere, but you weren't a favorite, and you drove them into the dirt. So what what was going on in your head during all this? Like, how did that happen? What How did you make sense of it? How did that feel, all that? Your big breakthrough. Honestly, like, and this is not trying to be humble in, in, in any way. Like, I have no idea. Like, I never expect to go out there and, like, when I have good performances, perform as well as I do. Like, I am genuinely surprised like every time um it's a nice way to go through life (laughs) it really is because like zero expectations everything is great when it's all done yeah and like and and i have not great performances here and there but like i i just don't like if i look at myself and as an athlete and i look at people that i'm competing against like I am I am not as good of an athlete as like people that I am racing against. Like I can say that with 100% truth. So when I'm able to perform well and if if I come out with a win, like it's genuinely a shock because I don't I don't feel like I should have won some of the things that I've won. Well, you're wrong. I'll say this about you is that you I don't think you're you're just being fake humble here. No. Cuz while we don't know each other much, the only time we've had any time actually talking was, again, down in Orlando on spin bikes. And I think we were two apart, so we were looking around. <laughs> I think Rich was there. Was that it? You knew Rich, or it was either Rich or Dave. I had, like, previously had, like, a an, an interview with Rich. So, like, there was, yeah. there was like, that, like, little connection there. Um, so it was me, then Rich, then, then you. And you knew him, I knew him, and we were leaning yeah. around chatting a little bit. But the first thing most people want to do at these competitions is look impressive or sound impressive. And because now we have a little bit of a platform and a few people want are aware of the people we've interviewed or that we interview, people want to come up and give us their most impressive version of themselves. When I meet an athlete, because we talk about training styles, they often will come up and talk about their training and try to let us know what they're doing or impress us with their 
their big glossary of terms or give us their fitness indicators, what they're working on. We often get like that amplified version of people when we see them out in public. And in the course of talking with you, I don't know how much of this you remember what we actually talked about, because again, it was really hard to hear each other, but you admitted that you were struggling on the sleds and you were really trying to get better at the sleds. And then you asked a question or two to Rich and to me about something about the race. And I'm sitting here like, Lauren, I have run two individual races and I sucked at both of them. I go, don't ask me about this, this event. I need to ask you about this event, but you were genuinely interested in what Rich was saying. You seemed interested in what I was saying, and you were openly admitting some areas of weakness. And that's not that typical first date conversation at an event when people come up and are feeling each other out. So it struck me as very interesting. And now it's backed up by hearing you that you're just not wired that same way. You are okay with showing up and being like wow i was blown away that went great because i thought i was going to do worse on that uh well like asking questions i mean everybody has a different race experience and we're all going to be learning something different so the more i ask like if if i didn't have an experience you had maybe i can learn from yours and hopefully do something you did right or not make a mistake that you might have made so kind of nip it in the butt before i do it what you say sounds fantastic I wish I could go into racing like that. A um, little bit of jealousy even, maybe I'm feeling, a little envy. However, that changes when you become a world champion. Does it not or does it not? Like you you go, you win. Suddenly, if you're not putting expectations on you, at least idiots like us chatting on Race Brain are. And people in mm-hmm. the media are like, okay, well, Lauren Weeks now, she's on our radar. She put herself on our radar can you continue that throughout? Like, is that a sustained mindset even post world champion? But I haven't had to. So like the first time I won was on assault runners. So like there's a, and there were only supposed to be six of us. And then, and then all of a sudden one of the girls didn't show up. So there were five of us. And then somebody dropped out after the skier. So now there's only four of us. So like, so there's a big asterisk on that win. Like it was on assault runners. It was in like this vacuum. It was during COVID. There were only four girls running. Um, so like going into the next one, I didn't really have to think like, oh, I need to repeat that because I only beat three people. Um. And, and you were pregnant for the next world championship, which well, also <laughs> would change expectations. Uh, the next one was in Leipzig. Um, so I, I like that one was a normal course. Um, but the one after that, I was pregnant. Yeah, which also changes expectations. And what happened on the normal course? I think like my biggest, so uh, Rachel, like I think like we're very close in terms of like what our potentials are. So in my biggest competition, mm-hmm. she had made a mistake on the course that like cost her a penalty or something. So, and it was like more, it was less than halfway into the race. So at, at that point, like I, I had a, like a, a clear path, I think, towards the finish line. Like, cause I had already know, knew that she had had a penalty and, and she's like, like the dominant person out there on the race course. So the person that I would have to look out for now is a penalty that I don't have to have a penalty as long as I don't make a mistake. So you can see how this, I mean, the, the, the correct answer was what happened out there. I, I won. 
<laughs> like, not, not that there's correct and incorrect. I didn't know. You didn't ask what the result was. You asked what happened. <laughs> right. But if you would have asked someone what happened at that course, they would have said, oh, yeah, Lauren won again. So it, it, you can kind of see how, like, how your mind works to kind of protect you going into the next race. Like, there was only, I only beat three people here. And, well, the top person that I thought made a mistake. So you you don't come in with that championship pressure that other people would put on themselves. Yeah, but if you had, if you asked what place I came in, I could have told you that, but you didn't ask that. <laughs> Correct. And that's what I'm saying. Like that's a tribute to your personality is that you didn't hear the question as what did I do? You asked about or your mind heard it as, well, you know, there this occurred. So, again, it's just another piece on the pile of how you approach races mentally, which I find fascinating. And obviously it's, it's effective because you can come in without favorite status in your mind. Well, yeah. And then the next one I was pregnant and like very, very pregnant. So if I were to do anything there, I think that would have been a shock to everyone, (laughs) not just myself. Why don't you talk about that real quick? So, so Lauren wins, let's call it the 2021 High Rocks world championship, uh, I think think right and then you race a little bit in between but you get pregnant you have run a qualifying time or you're grandfathered in i don't even know how, it doesn't matter but anyways you're in the world championship and you're what seven months pregnant last year and you decided to still show up and race almost eight. what was that yeah. like almost okay my bad almost eight months <laughs> pregnant what what did that feel like compared to normal like i i have some it was challenging. Okay, because yeah. I have some athletes um, or people no, that I they coach and train in the gym because I run a personal training business as well as my endurance coaching. And uh, they get pregnant and they're like, well, I'm out. I'll see you in nine months. They're like, not doing anything or I want to be careful. And I have a few that stick it out and do like my fluffy workouts compared to what you are doing in training for high rocks. So did you still hit everything like as hard as you would have in training for the most part? And then showed up and completely what I call put out on the race course being almost eight months pregnant. Like, did you change anything? And then how did that feel compared to normal? Uh, yes, I changed things. Um, I might, I didn't have to change my running because I was already slow and easy. Um, but I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't lifting as heavy, but I was still lifting. Um, but like that kind of took some, like a, a backspace, I guess you could say. So just basically like the percentages I was doing was less, the intensity for crossfit style workouts was less so that that did change and then the race itself that was probably the last week that i was able to run um it was kind of like a week or two after that that i started getting like what they called lightning crotch which was like uh her head was pressing on a nerve in my pelvis so running was like really really painful and i had to stop like fairly soon after that such a great term. Yeah, lightning crotch. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt really bad. It was an interesting weekend to watch because that was one of the main buzzes around the arena was, is Lauren li- actually going to do this? And there was, you know, the three camps. The camp was like, who cares? Let her do it. There's a camp of, well, at least we don't have to deal with her at her best. And then there's a camp of, why would anyone let her? And on the back end, during the meet, the production meeting for the race coverage, the initial request was, let's not acknowledge this as much as possible because we are already getting messages of people furious that we're allowing her to compete. You know, all the the people online who are, you're going to hurt your baby. This is a, all of that. 
And our response to that was, I think we have to celebrate this. When uh, uh, Elisa Montano did this, eight and a half months pregnant, ran the 800 meter dash at the Olympic trials. It was like the greatest like moment of the entire meet. And yeah, she still got a lot of that blowback from the idiots online because that's what idiots do. But it, there was even some debate of, can we even acknowledge what she's doing here? Because so many people are going to be upset. I about think it. they did choose. Sorry. I think they did choose to not acknowledge it, but keep going. Well, I, I spoke about it on there and, and I, maybe they didn't, maybe that didn't make the coverage. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I spent a few minutes talking about it and because it was phenomenal, I thought, but, um, spoiler alert, like there are 15 women there and you didn't take 15th. What were you? Eighth? No. Eighth was last with prize money. I missed out by a spot. Yeah. <laughs> so you took ninth place out of 15 at the world championship, which is ridiculous. And I want to get to that, but I want to also skip ahead shortly, which is what happened to you, uh, online and in messages afterwards. What, what was the, the feedback that you received? Because you were very visibly pregnant. You are not tall. You're like, my, my wife is probably about the same height as you. You guys wear your pregnancies horizontally. <laughs> That's just the way this works. So people were very aware of what was going on. What was the, the blowback or the feedback for you after that? So for that one, it was very supportive, actually. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm sure that to not to me, there are lots of negative comments. Um, but personally, anything I received was very supportive. Um, people you were probably in another room because you were broadcasting but like the people in the stands that were there like everybody would go nuts every time i was running by like i have no idea who any of these people are um just because i'm this Mm. i'm somebody out there with a giant stomach like (laughs) trying to keep up with these really fast people um but it was it was super supportive um it's been actually like post-pregnancy that I've noticed uh, a little bit less support um, and not a lot, but there's been like more negative comments there in the postpartum period versus like during pregnancy. In terms of what? Coming back too soon or what? Um, specifically that first DECA race. So um, I was a couple oh. of weeks out uh, and there was there was like one in particular like message that I had gotten um, and she wrote like a novel telling me I should be ashamed of myself, blah, blah, for going out there and racing. And like, this is not good. You're setting a bad example for everybody. And that kind of actually did hit me pretty hard because like, I have not like, yeah, sure. I post things about my daughter all the time. Um, because like, she's, I mean, the biggest part of my life, but I don't post a whole lot of like things postpartum. Like I don't, I don't Like, I don't necessarily acknowledge that because I feel like I've been made to not be allowed to be proud of that, I guess. So I usually, like, don't put, Mm. I don't say a whole lot of postpartum stuff. And, and yes, I'll I'll show that I have a daughter, but it's more her, and I don't talk about necessarily myself in that way. It just takes one person. (laughs) It was, like, a novel. And I didn't respond to it, but I was like, am I really making people feel this way? Like, okay, maybe I shouldn't talk about it. What people forget is that, yes, there are consequences of giving birth, but they're not that drastically different than the consequences of any other physical exertive 
exercise or activity and that your preparation going into it has a direct impact on your recovery coming out of it. So yeah, there are some internal things that everyone's going to deal with on a similar scale, but the more fit you are coming in and the longer you work out through your pregnancy, the earlier you get to resume coming out of it. And they're just, again, there are a lot of idiots out there. And, and on that, um, working out through it, like my water broke at the gym. (laughs) Of course, right? (laughs) (laughs) What were you doing? It was literally up until the last moment. Uh, I had just finished being on the elliptical because I couldn't run anymore. Um, and I was going to do like a sled workout and I like had walked into like the locker room and then just like, if you see in movies where like, it's like gushing literally like just water everywhere so i fortunately like wasn't on a machine at the time but i was not home <laughs> you might have been the first to have their water break in that gym though i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised there it's a pretty new gym i wouldn't be surprised it wasn't it's <laughs> regardless it's, as to this yeah. age of the gym <laughs> did you sign that area of the ground no, I was so embarrassed. I like got out of there as fast as I could. <laughs> didn't even tell the custodian. She's like, it's somebody. No, I didn't. Got out of the I shower too. Get quick. Out of there. <laughs> yeah, there's something going on. I don't know if it's a pipe or whatever. You guys got something. It was definitely in there when I got in there. No, I I like was so embarrassed. No, I was I booked it out of there. Uh, to to clarify, and I don't want to dwell on the negative. Uh, and I've had my fair share of negative thrown at me uh, over the years um, uh, by the thousands. Um, what what was the what's the premise? So you're setting a bad example in some person's eyes. And I don't want to give this person any more time than this. But like because you're coming back too quickly, because you're leaving your daughter at home, because well, what what ground? No, it it had nothing to do with like it had nothing to do with my daughter. It had everything to do with setting a bad example for other women and like this is not what you should be doing or what they should be doing postpartum um you're like you're that was more the direction of it not anything to do like it was unhealthy for it was unhealthy for you and thus sacrificing the health of others by yes. sit, say, showing it's okay to do, got it okay sacrificing the health uh, of others and then the, like setting expectations and and like that's not in in any way what I'm trying to do. Like if if people want to keep doing what they were doing before, like great, I support you. If you don't want to do what you were doing before, great, I support you there too. But um, yeah, no. Was this four weeks? Eight weeks. Eight. Oh, eight weeks! My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it normal for a woman to be competing at a at a at a high end event? Eight weeks after? It was the last one to qualify. It was my only choice. (laughs) But is it dangerous? Not unless you've already proved by your other physical symptoms that you can't be doing that. What is the problem with setting an example for something to shoot for? I just... Some people just go out of their way to find issues in life. Eight weeks. No, but I, like, I did feel bad about it. And so, like, I just tried to, like, not talk about necessarily being postpartum um, and I know plenty of people do it for me but I think if you like look mm. back at a lot of my posts I don't try to say like postpartum this postpartum that well and that's the issue right this woman wanted to silence a little bit of the negative consequences that could come out 
And as a result, she cut your platform off at the knees from you leading a positive example or any impact you could have in a, in a good way on anyone else who's in your situation and needed some sort of inspiration. That's the issue with this sort of person. And I'm like hoping to maybe with time be able to talk more about the ex- like the experience without feeling like I should be ashamed of it. But uh, I just haven't gotten to that. Yeah. Well, it's also your first one. Yeah. Baby two, baby three, you're not going to care. But your first one is such a wild experience and so new in the first place that how would you not be receptive to all feedback and criticism? Right. And the way she she had kind of sent in the message, like, I know she went and attacked, I'm sure, Yancey and, and Decafit, and I'm sure she sent plenty of of messages to as many people as she could. She was very upset. <laughs> moving on from this wench sorry um it's the first time you said that word on this podcast wench whatever's worse i I feel like that's like in between appropriate and not appropriate um she just doesn't deserve any more of our lip service um most people wouldn't jump back into something like bracken's fault i will call it over the years and he knows this is in the past he won't jump back into stuff until he feels ready like, I'm ready. Like, I finally feel ready. And that has been a thing you've worked on, Bracken. Like, you're like, no, I don't need to be ready. I need to jump in and, and that will be a step in my process to being ready. Um, that takes some cojones, Lauren, to just jump back in when you know you don't have your fitness back, when you know you're not ready, to know that there's expectations from all, the outside, at least. Like, that cements what I think your mindset you're kind of telling us about. Like, you don't have these expectations all the time. And so you go out there and do it because you enjoy it enjoy it i'm assuming and so um was that your plan like i don't need to be back to perfect fitness like i don't care what they say about where i'm at or i'm never gonna be who i was before baby like you didn't care about that you just were like fine i'm gonna go take my lumps and that's that all good well i mean because i i do genuinely enjoy doing it like why should i stay away from it any longer than i have to um yes i was able to compete at high rocks while i was pregnant but there were other events that I had to pull out from and turn down because they weren't, they weren't safe for pregnancy or they were against, cause I, like I would consult with my doctor before I did things and they were against what she thought I should be doing. So like if I was able to do it once, once I could, I, I wanted to do them again. But like knowing you're starting or towing the line, like a, a compromised version of yourself, knowing you're not going to be performing like you did previously you're like no big deal like who cares let's go let's go have fun not even a thought it's just a stepping stone no not at all yeah (laughs) i love that you didn't change your strategy at deco worlds no most people would have said all right i'm not where i would be normally i'll just ease into it nope from the gun i'm setting the pace and if i crack i crack that one was that one was rough like one, I'll probably never be great at DECA because it's a little bit too fast twitch for me. Um, I'm gonna do everything I can to qualify again and still try. Uh, but uh, we were, I didn't realize how sick we were either uh, until we got there, but it was, that whole weekend was so rough. <laughs> it was so rough. What were you sick with? No idea, no idea. Oh, you had like a, um, like a, like a cold or a flu or something. Like you competed like, sick. uh, more like more more like flu but it like that of course 
wouldn't have changed the the results in any ways because as as I said, like I, my my ability to reach those fast twitch muscles is not quite there. Um, but I think I think I could be competitive enough to stay like middle of the pack for a deca fit. So if I can compete, I want to go. If deca, which is what. 32-ish, 33 minutes or so? Is that about the range you're looking at? Yeah. I, I definitely didn't break 33. It's too fast twitch for you. Yeah. High rocks at an hour isn't significantly different. It's enough, obviously, to get in your wheelhouse, but are we actually, is this a Ryan Atkins situation where we thought, like, he's just the best at this on earth, and you ask him, if you could design a course, what would you want? He's like, I don't know, 50K? Well, maybe no, 50-mile OCR, one of the two. Is that what we're looking at for you? Are we still not doing the event that's best suited for you? I um, I asked Mitra if she would ever do a, like, if she would double the high rocks distance. She said no. But uh, I think Chris would like that, too. I'd have, like, at least somebody else that would want to do it with me. Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> Dylan wants the High Rocks Ultra. Yeah. <laughs> There's a group of us that would want to do it. I don't know if I would actually... Well, I don't know if I'd actually be good at that double distance. I just know that, like, in terms of enjoyment, I would really, really like it if they could double it. That's hard to even fathom. So if 30 is too short, 60 is getting there, is 90 maybe your best? Or? I think I think that would probably be, like, the best range. Like, in... Yeah. I... In, Enjoyment-wise, I'd probably want it to go longer, but for like where I would do the best probably a 90 minute race that doesn't compute to me you like that uh that medium grade suffering for as long as possible huh yeah like the sandpaper being rubbed against sunburned skin like constantly (laughs) like that feeling that sort of level of pain is what you enjoy not the knife cut you like that yeah let us go out and run again and do another hundred wall balls (laughs) um (laughs) So to make sure we get all this in, because I got about 15 minutes, um, I, I, I want to make sure I, I, we get to this, and that is the, the uh, coming back from having uh, Lily. So, um, you know, it was fun to watch Rose Wetzel's journey uh, coming back, and she was pretty open and public about what she was experiencing and all of that. Um, it took her two years before she was back to somewhere where she was happy with. I believe roughly two years, give or take. Um, everybody's different. Of course, I don't know intricacies with her. We haven't actually had her on the podcast to talk about it, but hopefully someday. Um, you went out and won the European Championships three weeks ago. You really popped. Like you jumped a couple levels of fitness postpartum and you came back as the Lauren we, we kind of knew you as right before you got pregnant. How long was the time between giving birth and the European Champs? About seven months? Six months, yeah. Six Almost months, exactly okay. Six months. And okay, um, can you walk us through it? Like, I know you raced a few times in there, and you got yourself back up. You talked about the introduction of tempo work, which I think might be working. Um, and so, what what ha- what's happened? Six months is incredible. Like, what? Walk us through what's been going on. How you got here? Uh, so immediately after, again, like. I'm addicted to movement. Um, I wasn't doing anything crazy, but I, I did start moving right away. We have a treadmill in the garage, and I set it to an incline and just walked for probably like two weeks, um, just doing incline walking, um, probably an hour to two hours still. I want to go for a long time. <laughs> um, I'd usually, I was still in school, so I'd like 
put something up in my ears of like what I need to be listening to or watching and just let's hope that lady doesn't listen. She's going to reach back out again. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, I was doing things much earlier than I think like is genuinely recommended, but um, I didn't push anything past what I thought I could do. Uh, I wasn't really doing any, any lifting of any sort and I hadn't start, like I wasn't running at that time. It was just inclined walking. Um, I did add a vest at some point and then I started incline walking with a vest. Um, and then eventually it just, it wasn't that many weeks, honestly, it was like three, four weeks and I was, I was starting to like run again and I started with like two miles. Um, and then I would supplement that to like the amount of time that I wanted to be on my feet with walking the rest of it. Uh, and then just kind of built back up to, <laughs> I don't do those 12 milers anymore. So it's more like the eight to 10 is like, we're all cap it. Um, and then some, sometimes it's even less than that. And, and now with this, this new addition of a little bit faster running, I'll even have some days where I'm not, not running. And that's really hard for me, but working on it. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, just kind of slowly started figuring out what movements I could do that were comfortable because like, obviously after you just give birth, like not everything's comfortable, um, one of the early movements I tried was step ups and I actually, that was not, that was not okay. Like I didn't, I didn't feel good doing step ups. So I stopped, um, kept doing things that I, that I could do until I eventually tried it again. And, and once like I could do it and I feel like I wasn't doing anything that could potentially harm me, then like I, I'd be full go towards a movement. Um, this is natural curiosity cause I've never been pregnant believe it or not. I, I don't know what could, like, what, what does that mean? Like you're doing step-ups and that like hurt you. Like what would that, how would that come out as? So like I had like a, a vaginal birth, so I, not a C-section. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like things are ripped or stretched. So doing the step-up was just mm-hmm. like opening my leg too wide. So that was, it was just not comfortable. Um, so Split I, pelvis like movements I, were probably tough then. Yeah. Right. So like no lunging, no step ups. Um, I didn't squat for a while when I did decide I wanted to squat, like I put a target down so I couldn't go below a certain level. So they would be like above parallel and just kind of like slowly worked my way until I felt I could do things without any pain or damage and slow is relative. So I'm sure it was faster than some people would think is okay, but slow to me. What was your core like coming out of this? Did that come around quickly or was that a a process? I like haven't actually noticed any issue core wise um, at all. Um, I did did listen to your race brain podcast and you were very, I appreciate your defensive against Jack, um, (laughs) but he's right. Like I've, I've always been slow at the farmer carry. Um, I don't know don't, whether or not being... Where I'm editing this out. He's not getting the compliment. <laughs> Sorry. No, he's right. I've always, I've, always been, I've always been slow at it. I don't know whether or not being pregnant had any sort of effect on it. It is something I have to work on. Um, it, like, but I, I, I don't think that's a station, honestly, that I'll ever be as fast as other people can make it, no matter what I do. Okay. I don't like when Jack is right. For some reason, oh, well, that happens a lot. <laughs> Sorry, I know. God, I took no offense to what he was saying because he is correct. Start uh, taking some offense. Yeah, we need that guy off the air. So, what I'm understanding is you are testing your body and getting back to purposeful training 
really as soon as your body was telling you it was okay. So you went back and started following a process to get yourself back up to race ready and you took it as your body was giving it to you. And the results are what they are now. Like you got yourself back to the certain level of fitness. There's no secret sauce other than the fact that you got back, you were, yeah, you were getting back to what you could as soon as you could. And, and that has resulted in what it's resulted in. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. I mean, a couple pieces to that, like one, I, I, again, like I never stopped moving. Like I worked out on the day I gave birth because I didn't know I was giving birth that day. Um, and then <laughs> I <laughs> like was quickly just walking fairly soon after that. Um, and like there was, there was a time in between like when I gave birth till now that like I like things were just super overwhelming. So all I was was doing and going out and running. And then eventually like I found a little bit more structure and started doing like workouts again um, and just kind of building, building back up to it, learning what works for me and what doesn't. It's jumping in races, whether you know you're at your, the fitness you're capable of or not, you're still were getting back out and competing. And I just think that's like, are you ever going to feel fully ready? Even when you won the world champs or the European champs, did you really feel fully ready? Probably not. No. And yet you went out there and did it. And if you don't give yourself the opportunity, you're never going to, right? And so it's like, I don't know, we've talked about it enough, Bracken and I, about Bracken's like, he hates the word comeback now. I'm sure you do, right, Bracken? But like coming back, like, of course you're never going to feel ready, but how are you going to know or take steps unless you just, you show up and toe the line, right? And so I just think that's, I don't know, I think it's really important for a number of people to hear whether they've been pregnant or they're going through something else, like toe the line. That's what I'm getting out of this. And they're not like, they're not all going to work out. Like not all races are going to be great, um, but some of them will be. And either way you get to do it. Like I would just, I would just go out and if you want to compete, if you want to race, go do it. It doesn't matter. Like you're going to do well on some of them and you're, you're not going to have good days on others. That's okay. But what if you don't want to, what if you're the one who's like, I don't want to, unless I feel ready. What do you have to say to those people? I support that. I mean, if they don't, if they don't want to, if they don't want to do it yet, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't push it. I wouldn't force it. Or I would at least ask why, like, why don't you want to do it? Like, do you feel like you'll ever feel ready? If they don't feel like they're ever going to feel ready and they still want to compete, then yeah, you should probably jump in and do it. But if they feel like there's something they can do to be more prepared, then do that and then compete. It's fair. You said you were at 20 up to upper 20s hours per week at your at your standard to best training prior to all this. Now Lily's here. You just stopped touching weights for a while. You're running. Now you're starting to get back into it. What's been the single biggest week you've had since? Um, I've probably still been able to hit, not consistently, but I'm sure that there's been a week that I've been able to hit 20. Um, so you're, fit, you're, you're fitting it in? Depending, yeah. So like, I could have <laughs> very drastic different amount of like hours trained, I think, per week. Like I wouldn't say that it's like the amount of time is is super consistent um because life happens um life happens even more than than it used to now uh but ideally for me i think i do well do well with volume hmm. i want to just pay um i want to pay lip service to um or conversation service to the european champs uh, and then the north american champs that just happened um you were first at european champs and then you were third at uh north american champs um first of all the, like 
one, did you have a feeling you were ready to pop at European champs? Like the workouts were indicating that, or was it a surprise? And then two, were you ready to duplicate that at the North American champs or what was the, the three week gap there? Like, and all that, like, what was the mindset going into euros and then North American champs? Uh, going into euros, I, I like, wasn't sure where I was at. I knew I had been doing something new and like creating a new stimulus. So I, I thought things could, could either potentially go really bad or they could go well. Um, I didn't, I did not expect, um, to, to win that race at all. Um, yeah, you didn't run that race at all like you expected to win. <laughs> I mean, I'm always <laughs> going to go out hard, but I, yeah, so that I didn't know going into that one. And then going into the Chicago one, um, I was definitely more tired. Like, I, I felt a lot less tired going into the Euros. I was definitely more tired going into Chicago. Um, but I... I also knew that like they weren't going to let me just go out hot and not stay with me. Um, I was very well aware of that. So, um, I, tr I figured I could either like do the opposite and go super slow in the beginning, or I could try and go out harder and see if they come out. So I think for me, I went out even harder than I normally would. And it was just like a little bit over the tipping point. Um, and then I skied uh, for rate of exhaustion, probably harder than I normally would. It was slower than my time in euros, but like my effort was harder. Um, and then I got to the sleds <laughs> and I tried to hammer them and I came off with ice going down my legs. I was like, Oh no, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> and I just hung on from the sled push on. Now is the time to do it though. You know, you Ryan, I think you're going to come out of this. Not that you need to hear it, but this is a safe time to do it. Well, honestly, like third is the best that I thought I could have gotten in euros. So like mm. to be able to like repeat a performance and still be able to like be racing those girls. Like I'm, I'm very happy with that. Like instead of just kind of all of a sudden being minutes and minutes back. In hindsight, how would you have won North American champs in Chicago? Now that it's the dust settled, what would have been your strategy to win on that day, given how you felt? I don't think I would have. I don't think I could have won that day. No. Doesn't seem to bother you. No. I'm already, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, obviously, like, winning's fun and you'd rather win, but I'm already doing better than I ever thought I could. So I'm happy with that. How do you compete against that? I guess the threat of losing that causes some people to screw up in a race. If you're not too worried about it, that's a tough skill set to contend with. Well, if you like it, it again, it's not like if you look on paper, these girls, more than one of them are both faster than me and stronger than I am. So like just like being able to compete with them and still be competitive is a win. But what's their mod score, like Lauren? What is their mod score? That's right. That's what we need to know. Once you figure out how to test that, let me know. <laughs> I think Hyrax. <laughs> yeah, I think Hyrax. <laughs> so, Kirk, I know we're running out of time here, but I, I, I do want to know two things about your training, Lauren. Mm -hmm. First is, how much time do you spend on the machines, skiing and rowing? And what does that time look like? That's increased, again, 
uh, like everything's so we're we're trying to like put our own training program together and I'm like almost beta testing it um, but it like so that has also increased a lot um, and I'm doing some purposeful work with it um, I do beyond the two times a week I do extra training on the machines but twice a week I'm doing like actual pace work on it so I set I set a pace okay. that I'm supposed to hit for certain intervals with a certain rest period um and it's usually like one of those days is skiing and one of those days is rowing and and other workouts will include both of those modalities um but there's there's two days set to that with pace work so that's that those are days where maybe you're not doing your running at race pace but you're skiing or rowing at an intensity correct okay yeah not like a race pace intensity but it is it's faster than like i would normally ski but i like Mm -hmm. i'm not hitting like a race pace okay and then how do you explain either through your training or what you think about the sport why we see so many women going unbroken on wall balls at the end and zero men capable of doing that we're tougher What, what what is the is it simply the crossfit background the power background or are you just doing something different in how you approach it I think um, you have to look at the type of athlete that's good in the female area and the type of athlete that's good in the, in the male competitions for the guys. Mm -hmm. um, They're top of the sport are not necessarily coming from like a power or CrossFit background. So they might not have that work behind them. The girls right now, the top of the sport is coming from that background. I think we just have more practice. So what, what one thing, other than just doing them more in a compromised state, what is the one thing that we all need to be doing to improve our wall balls? Or two things? You need to look at where you're fatiguing on them. And like, depending on what I've done in a race, that it could actually change. Sometimes my shoulders go out first, and sometimes my legs go out first. Um, but like, you can do workouts to prep for that. So like, yesterday I did a workout that had a bunch of different things in it, and wall balls were one of them. Um, but you, it all is working on like that wall ball endurance. Okay. Well, Lauren, what I want to know to wrap this thing up is where are we going to see you the rest of the year? What are your plans? Uh, my next event, I have a, I'm going to do a go rock event. So, um, they have like a couple different options. You can do a 24 or 12 or like a six hour. So I'm going to do the basic, which is the shorter one. Um, so I'm, I, I am still breastfeeding, so I it's kind of hard to be out in the woods and rolling around in mud and also be pumping. So I picked the shorter one. <laughs> the shorter one. They don't have the tactical Medela yet. No. They said that their cadre would work with me, but I was like, well, if I just do the shorter one, like I could potentially go the whole time without having to worry about it, and I can bring like a manual mm-hmm. just in case. Um, so I think that's my next one. Um, I might jump into like a 10k here like locally um i am registered for their go rock games in florida so that's a a 15 person event um i think it it looks like we're going to be going overnight that's what that's what it's oh really yeah that's what i'm they didn't say that at all but i that's what i'm gathering um so they're really leaning military on this one yeah I'm pretty excited about okay. it. I'm going to get crushed, but it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I've already, I know a couple of the other girls that are doing it, and I know that they're putting wrestling in it, and I know I'm going to get my butt handed to me, but it's okay. <laughs> um, after that, I think, I think Hyrex might be the only thing after that. So Hyrex will be in May. I think those are the only ones coming up right now. Oh, I'll do a DECA, too, somewhere. I'll pick one of the California ones that are coming up. So you're kind of worrying, worrying about the first half of the year now and then worry about the second half later sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. After May, uh, I have no idea. Just kind of whatever comes. Mm. Oh, I'll do Hunter's thing too. Oh, what's Hunter doing? He's got his battle, battle bunker. You can do the whole pipeline thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I got nothing else. I mean, I could pick your brain about workouts and training and specifics and all that. And I know Bracken, you're chomping at the bit to do that too, but I'll have to be part two down the road, I think. Yeah. Sorry. It took me like 45 minutes to get on. That was our fault. That's all right. Can't keep you from literally too long. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll be keeping close tabs on you, Lauren, just so you know. We're going to be talking about you all the time still, all spring. Don't you worry, on race brain. So we talk about Lauren all the time. I'm sure you know that. So I can't wait to hear how much you talk about us when we're not around. Oh. <laughs> not around. <laughs> I cringe every single time we talk about predictions or athletes just knowing, oh, at least 50% of them think we're an idiot right now (laughs) every time and there's no way around it i do like listening to the race brain one it's fun to listen to you guys almost make fun of each other (laughs) but um i also will say i take zero offense to whatever the predictions are Mm. well you are unique in that (laughs) (laughs) no receipts have been kept very unique in that regard no, I almost like I've heard about that. Uh, thanks for your time. Appreciate you carving it out. It's been a good conversation. Thank you. See you guys.